Hello and welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, and culture. While drinking a few brews. Though we don't often use strong language, the jokes and the content is not intended for young audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Before we begin the episode, we have to give a huge shout out to the Dangits from Madison, Wisconsin for providing us with great bluegrass intro you hear at the beginning of every episode. The song Razzle was written by Jamie Lampkins, but is performed by on behalf of Tom Wasselchuk and the Dangits. If you have a chance, check these guys out at dang-its.com for upcoming shows, music, or on how to book them for weddings, parties, and etc. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric. And I'm Russ. Today we have quite the tale regarding James J. Strang and his Mormon pirate crew. Uh, Before we begin, uh, remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, share, and comment uh, to get the word out. We, uh, We do rely mostly on word of mouth for most of this stuff uh, as our marketing budget is uh, fairly slim. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. So we have another great uh, beer review, a fantastic Wisconsin music from Yum Yum Cult, another edition of How Many Locos You At, and a special interview with Pearl Street. Uh, without further ado, here is the story of James J. Strang, Mormon Piracy. Today we're talking about James J. Strang and Mormon Pirates. Again, this episode is another episode where I had to shorten it a bit just to highlight the craziness of the Mormon piracy and uh, just how nuts this actually got. And there's way more to the story, and we do encourage you to dig into this more. Um, there were more events, more things that did occur um, with with the case that we're going to talk about today. So many of you know the, the religion of Mormonism and the Church of Latter-day Saints. If not, we're not going to get too far into details of the religion, and uh, we'll allow you to dig into that yourself. But Joseph Smith, the church's founder, and his brother Hiram Smith were assassinated by a mob in Illinois on June 27th of 1844, which left the Church of Latter-day Saints without a leader. The two main contenders who were next in line to take over the religion were Brigham Young and James J. Strang. Young would eventually win and took his Mormon followers to Utah, where it is still the epicenter of Mormonism today. Strang became a heretic according to the church, and they excommunicated him. Originally, he branched off and first led his followers to Voorhees, Wisconsin, which is modern-day Walworth County, actually really close to where we grew up. Yeah, yeah. So Voorhees is actually located in Burlington, which is Burlington today. That's like right down the street from my house right now. Exactly. And you can still visit the site. And there's actually a plaque that states uh, Old Vori, the Strangite Mormon settlement. However, this location would prove less secure than Strang would hope for. He decided that he would move all of his followers to Beaver Island in 1848, which for those that don't know, it's on Lake Michigan. It's a bit further north on the lake. It's actually kind of close to the UP, but I think it's still considered Wisconsin water. Yeah. Beave Island. Yeah, the Beave. Which, for those that don't know, it is on Lake Michigan. As I said, the island had a large Irish population living there, and they were a bit worried about the presence of the Mormons showing up. Strain, who highly opposed alcohol, led to much hostility with the Irish. In stereotypical form, this led to a war called the War of Whiskey Point in 1850. I mean, that's a pretty stereotypical, I mean... And what did they do, just get drunk on whiskey and try to poke each other with sticks? <laughs> yeah. In 1850, where strength, you just wait till you hear, started to fire <laughs> cannons at the non-Mormon settlers on the island. <laughs> a little more Full, serious than yeah. sticks. 
Yeah, definitely. This, in turn, encouraged Strang to try for more more power and by placing tax um, for them not being Mormon on Beaver Island. Soon following, tensions rose as the Mormons grew more powerful and Strang declared himself king of the island, King Strang. He then saw it as his right to rule the entire island and therefore took goods and land from the Christian Gentiles in you know, it was his right. So he took, he took things, um, basically because he just thought that they were not following his religion and what he was doing was right, which is pretty messed up. There was some resistance, but some people fled to the mainland where Strang's followers soon pursued them to gain wealth and supplies. Um, the newspaper around Lake Michigan, Strang and his followers were declared pirates by the local town of militias, which were sent to defend the coastal harbors from their raids. So they were making these trips in the town, stealing from the like non-Mormons, bringing it back to the island to keep supplies and everything kind of steady, which pretty messed up. I mean, when you think of Mormonism, it's the last thing you think about is piracy. Yeah, I, I, you know, um, not that I know a whole lot about uh, Mormons or the you know, the Church of Latter-day Saints or anything like that. But um, from the way that uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker had had uh, um, relayed the, the information, it, it was there. It didn't sound like there was anything like that. But then again, they tell the tale uh, from the point of Joseph Smith and uh, how it all began, you know, your golden whatever they were, the, yeah, the, the tablets. Yep, where you could read. Yeah. And uh, so... Yeah, it was never mentioned. Uh, anything of, of piracy or stealing of goods and, and anything I, yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think it actually goes against religion. And the people I do knew that that are Mormon or they follow the Church of Latter-day Saints, they're like some of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely go out of their way to uh, to help you. You know, Almost like, you know, individuals who uh, uh, are in CrossFit, you know. Yeah. They'll, they'll let you know, I'm, I'm in CrossFit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you need me to lift something really heavy for you, I can yeah. do that. And actually, you know, the one thing they, they really pride themselves on is like family time. Like that's really important to them. You know, they're really nice people. They're kind of overly nice. I mean, you can yeah. see that portrayed like even in the um, the Matt Stone play, mm-hmm. the, the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. Which it's totally like that. That's just how the people are. They're just super friendly, super nice. Bubbly. Yeah. So we're going to continue with the story. Um, conflicts arose further when Strang decided to accept the doctrine of polygamy, much the aggravation of the Christians on the island, and even most of Strang's followers. As one one of their contentions with the mainstream Mormon church was that the doc- doctrine of pol- polygamy. As these tensions flared, Strang was accused of many crimes because he was the figurehead and king of the Mormons on Beaver Island. Strang was known to be eloquent er- orator and was thus able to talk his way out of court. All of these events, his supposed piracy, robbery of Christians on Beaver Island, and his advocacy of polygamy did not stop Strang from pursuing more power in civil government. This astounding feat of talking his way out of court as his own defense attorney won him the favor of the media, newspapers at the time, and he was able to ride wave of enthusiasm and run as a Democratic for the seat of the Michigan House of Representatives, which <laughs> it's, it sounds like a politician to me. Yeah, uh, totally into this uh, this kind of sideways religion. Uh, you're you're making it your own by stealing and and also adding in uh, polygamous uh, uh, actions. Cool. Yeah, and ironically, at the same time, Strang was acting as king as Beaver Island as he was serving in the House of Representatives. 
Along the coast of Michigan, active plans to oust the Mormon from Beaver Island and armed conflicts on the island itself, the citizen-soldier's ideal of the time led much armed resistance in the area to someone who declared himself king in American society. James would continue his kingly reign with an iron fist over the island and committed a number of heinous acts including murders, robberies, creation of laws prohibiting alcohol, polygamy, and a small militia battles within the mainland. As stated before, there is much more to this guy, life, and his stories on the island, but we'll have to leave it with this because there were a lot of other things. He robbed a lot of fishing boats. Um, he did a lot of other acts that are pretty well known, and you could definitely dig into this. There's a lot of information about there about Strang. Yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds pretty similar to uh, a, a, some other, I want to say, like, cults. Um, you know, the the leader pretends to be a part of something that he isn't in order to kind of uh, get away with some of these other additional bad things. Uh, you know, I guess you could, you could go back in history and think of like, um, you know, just about any cult where, you know, they, they claim that uh, they had a message from Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. you know, There's a lot this of was, that. this was a higher, a higher calling. This is the message and this is what they wanted me to do. But yet, they become the figurehead, the center figure of, of the following after they've brainwashed everybody. And then they start telling them to do, you know, stuff for them. You right. know, uh, I guess probably the most known is Charlie Manson. Yeah. Um, or, you know, not um, to be confused with Charles Bronson. Right. Or the uh, Kool-Aid guy that yeah. made the people drink Kool-Aid. I exactly. forgot his name at the top of my head, but, yeah, but the, um, was that the, the Haley's Bop Comet people? Is that the same one? Uh, no, they, I think this was the they, one. They had to wear like uh, Nike sneakers. Oh, yep. That yep. was the Kool-Aid one. Yeah, that was the Kool-Aid one. I can't remember what the hell they were doing. But yeah. There's a lot of those out there. And yes. it's been like, if you look throughout history, there's been multiple situations so, of the similar. So many. But King Strang's death is one that does not benefit someone who has declared themselves King James Strang. Was that He was assassinated by two of his disgruntled followers. Um, and this happened because of um, there was some adultery that happened, and these people got angry with him. Sure. Basically, these two guys got really angry because he declared himself and he could take any woman he wanted kind of thing. Well, right. I mean, th that's the thing. He he literally became the, you know, the center figure in this weird polygamous ring where he wanted all these people to, to bring him goods and uh, beautiful women, and then he... he, he is changing the rules as he goes along. He's basically telling you, well, you don't have anything. All of your stuff is my stuff, and I get to choose what I want of it all. So the two followers named Bedford and Wentworth in 1856 headed on the USS Michigan in the harbor of St. James, named after him, actually, named after James Strang. On the island, um, Strang was shot in the back but did not die immediately. He was taken back to Vorey, Wisconsin, his original colony, but it took three weeks until he died. A very common ending for a man who uh, spent much of his life in excitement. His two assassins were arrested but released with no charges following the incident. This led to his followers being pushed off Beaver Island, much to the relief of coastal towns near Beaver Island as they were suddenly leaderless. Eric, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's pretty. it's a pretty nuts story. I mean, it's hard to believe that this actually occurred, but yeah, I just I I truly believe that it's the the story, although it it it's related in in some ways to 
the the Mormon Church and the you know not really founded into its roots or or its beliefs. This guy just sort of used it as like a an initial starting off point. This was his jumping off point, and then decided to uh, let it all go to his head. He declared himself king. He started giving himself other people's property, taking what he wanted. Um, and then he, he, he met his demise the exact way that you should if you're this terrible of a person. I mean, just like Joseph Smith, he was assassinated. And a lot of people did consider Joseph Smith to be kind of a huckster, like a fraudster. Um, you know, he was kind of the snake oil salesman of the time. Right. I mean, you, you get these these gold tablets that only you have seen, and then it's your job to write down and transcribe what it says, and then that's what you show people. That seems a little weird. It's like, I don't know if you know the rest of the story, but that the book actually was destroyed. The, the original copy course. was destroyed. So then he had to retranslate it, and the guy who was translating his wife actually wanted him to rewrite the story exactly like it was before because she memorized some parts of it, but it was different, and uh, you know, it was never the becomes, same. Right, and then that becomes this, the old telephone game. You know, I'm going to whisper in your ear, you know, this phrase and uh, then you're going to have to whisper it to the next person and then and so on and so forth. And it it you lose everything gets lost in translation. Yeah. The, the next ear it touches is just another piece lost. Exactly. And that's going to conclude our main segment of the story. Please stay tuned. And now for another Wisconsin music segment. Today's band is Yum Yum Cult. They are uh, a, a modern rock group uh, with uh, kind of this indie tone, you would say, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of classic rocky. You get that classic rock, um, kind of chordy. It yeah. sounds really good. And uh, they're, they're a four-piece out of uh, the Milwaukee area. They were uh, uh, all in, in former bands uh, around the area, and they sort of just kind of came together. I mean, you... You take the best of uh, of all these different groups, and you and you form this one. You know what we could kind of you know conceive as a as a, a super group. Um, it really really great music. Uh, the the song that we have today is called Convenience and Me. I uh, I urge you all to check out their Bandcamp. Uh, they have the Facebook page as well. Uh, go and check out all of their uh, their other uh, projects and other songs. So this is Yum Yum Cult Convenience and Me.
Yum Yum Cult, and the song was Convenience in Me, we now have a tasty, delicious beverage review of the beer variety. This one comes to us from Pearl Street Brewery, and it is called Linalool? Linalool? Is that what you want to say? It's Linalool IPA. Nice. It's uh, 6.8% ABV, 60 IBUs if you're into the bittering units. Mm-hmm. It's brewed with a special commercial hops called Northern Discovery Hop which adds a very unique flavor to it. Um, from the get-go, the initial like aroma that I'm getting, I'm getting a bit of a hint of fruit. So I'm getting a little apple and pear yeah, and flavor. That, you know, the growing up, my mom would always have fresh lilacs on the table, and I smell that as like an aroma. Yeah, um, I'm getting that a little bit, a little floral yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and uh, it's definitely a unique flavor. This is a commercial hop. I think it's actually grown by a Wisconsin grower, the hop is. And, uh, you know, it's very unique. Um, it's one that I always put in my six-pack when I give somebody, you know, the top IPAs from Wisconsin. This is one's definitely number one. Um, and, I love this beer. It's one of my favorites. It's and, just unique. And Pearl Street's from uh, the La Crosse, Wisconsin area. Yeah, they are. And actually, they're going to be on the show later on today. Um, we got Tammy coming on to uh, tell us a little bit about Pearl Street, which is going to be kind of interesting and You'll hear a little bit more about it, but... Yeah, this is a really great beer. Uh, yeah, really, it's good. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's it's bitter, but it's like a unique bitter. It's yeah. something that you would not get from a normal... Like, you're not getting that pine, like your standard, like... Right. You know, right. with their standard Cascade hops or whatever, you know. Yeah, and it's um, it's got... Like you mentioned before, it's got sort of those um, uh fruity notes a little bit of that that florally kind of taste and and smell to it um bitter uh in in classic ipa fashion it is um probably one of those beers at 6.8 you're going to want to enjoy enjoy them uh sparingly you're not going to want to overdo it they're drying they definitely have the ability to um wipe you out of uh of your hydration pretty quickly so you're gonna get pretty dehydrated if you drink just a mountain of these Um, but this is a very fantastic beer i hope to uh to check out some more pearl street stuff too 
Yeah, good stuff. And I always talk about the mix and match that I always like, but this one's always in there. So Linalool's in there. Um, Carbon Four, um, the Fantasy Factory is like top dog. It's just so unique. Yeah, this love, one's unique. I love Carbon Four. You know, Pearl Street's always a great go to. Um, Moon Man is actually a really good just one from say, New Glarus. New Glarus is just great in general. They have yeah, uh, they have a huge variety of beers that are just hella good. That rhubarb one that they have is yeah. is damn nice. Um, I mean, here in Wisconsin, we are just just absolutely spoiled with uh, with beers and, and breweries, micro nanos, uh, even even the 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 uh, huge breweries in, in Miller. I mean, we're we're absolutely spoiled. We have we have the best of everything right here in in our in our home state. So I'd have to agree with that. It's intense. So. Uh, we we have another edition of how many locos you at. Uh, this one is uh, is particularly odd, I would say. Um, something that we want to um, remind everyone that do do not drink and drive. Oh yeah, for we, sure. We don't want to hear about you on this show. We don't want to read any articles about you. I don't want to be driving into work Monday morning and hear anything about crazy wild crashes and stuff so eric this one is uh seems a little more wisconsin than usual and uh can you kind of tell us why yeah well <laughs> um in in just the fact that it's uh drunk driving <laughs> yeah well that too but there's um, a few other things that... yeah there's there's definitely a um a barn involved <laughs> uh so you can you can definitely and, and now I'm not exactly sure what they consider a barn. From looking at the picture, this doesn't look like a farm. It looks more like this could have been a shed, like a larger shed. Um, looks like there's some crushed farm equipment under her tires. There's though. definitely some, like, there's wheels <laughs> yeah. underneath some wheels. It's crazy. I can't tell what it is. It kind of has a lawnmower shape to it, but yeah. I don't know for sure. So, so all right. this this happened in the town of Burlington. So uh, we actually just mentioned that yeah. earlier. With Old the, Vory. Yeah, with the with the Mormon uh, Strang stuff, and uh, so after crashing into a barn, a sixty year old Kenosha County woman was arrested for suspicion of drunk driving and given several traffic citations. Um, when the uh, deputies arrived on the scene, they noticed that this woman seemed under the influence, and uh, so they conducted a field sobriety test, which is very normal. Um, after failing this test, <laughs> the deputy arrested her for drunk driving. I'm not sure what his first uh, note, you know, what what was the first hint here? Right, she hit a barn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's she, number one. She crashed, and she probably reeked of booze. So I agree. Uh, sixty years old too. Wow. Yeah, she's up there in age. I'm just trying to get all this evidence gathered for my local for for, for drinking and dry. Sixty years old is is. That's up there. Yeah, for you don't, sure. You don't necessarily ever think of uh, somebody in that age range as um, immature or irresponsible, but I right. suppose in Wisconsin it, it happens to a lot of people. Um, so uh, after they conducted the field sobriety test after she failed, uh, the deputy also wrote several several other citations, including a stop sign violation, reckless driving, unsafe lane deviation, uh, and operating left of the My center lane. So man, she center got a, line. She got a lot of charges. Yeah, I mean, just you know, go down the list, check them all off. Um, so the woman crossed uh, into oncoming traffic at about 7, 10 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Um, this early. That's early. Yeah. Uh, 
and, and I don't know if she was leaving someplace that early from drinking or if she was maybe now headed to like her, her work or something, you know, and, and got pulled over. Um, so this is, this is crazy, right? I mean, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. You, you go, she, it says she, um, left the roadway, struck a barn and then continued 150 yards through an open field. She drove through two wooden uh, animal fences <laughs> and into a animal pasture. Uh, no animal, no animals, uh, were, were injured. So we want to make sure that everybody knows that, um, no humans were injured. She's, um, an iron woman in terms of, uh, avoiding injury after crashing through as many obstacles she, as she did. Uh, but the car, uh, finally came to a stop when it struck a pile of wooden pallets. Um, let's just go ahead and say right now, this doesn't necessarily feel like uh, a four locos incident. No, definitely not. Um, this, I'm I'm guessing it at her age, it might have actually been old fashions or something a little classier. Sixty years old. I'm thinking vodka. You think is vodka, it involved okay. somewhere? Yeah, uh, screwdrivers, this, this feels, mimosas, kind of thing. Yeah, it feels vodka. Yeah, I don't think she'd be a local drinker at 60 years old. If she is, she's probably one of the coolest old ladies. Oh, She'll party man. hard. Yeah, she's got a backwards cap on, backward monster cap. So, um, I mean, when you look at her car, too, it looks like it's just a two-wheel drive a Honda small, Civic. And yeah, I can't believe it made it that far through yeah. the field, 150 yards through a field. That's insane. It, yeah, if any of you are looking for a vehicle that's going to travel pretty well in uh, into fields, through obstacles, and uh, uh, muddiness and stuff like that, uh, Honda Civics, guys. Get your 2021 <laughs> Honda Civic from uh, Honda City in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, but but again, it doesn't feel loco. Uh, no, it's definitely not. A she's loco. hammered. Yeah, I mean, you, so you strike a barn. You, so you, you you cut off the road. You're you, well. You you deviated your lane. You operated left of the center line. So that means you went across traffic through a barn through a field 150 yards. You scored a touchdown. Now you've hit. 30 animal things and into a pasture and then finally came to a stop when you smoked a pallet. Um, so what, I mean, what do you think? And so the evidence here, 60 years old, Honda civic lane deviation, pastures, barns, the whole, the whole nine yards, Wisconsin, I mean, it's as Wisconsin as you can get for she, drunk driving. So. She, she drank a yeah. lot of, uh, of, of whatever she, uh, happened to be tasting that night. Uh, it, this is 7 a.m. Yeah. I mean, to be that drunk in the morning, you had when you went pretty hard last yeah. night. I think at this point it's probably wearing off a little bit. So I'm thinking I'm thinking a 12 loco, three cans. Yeah, I think I think a 12 loco is pretty close. The the three can 12 loco is sort of where I was at. I was thinking um potentially as little as like 10. Yeah, I think the, the night before she might have been Oh, heavier. She yeah. might have been a twenty local. I'm thinking, yeah, like, I'm thinking four cans at that point. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, like she's... at a sixteen to a a, a five can of twenty, like you yeah, said. Yeah, I think so. But, but she's, you know, she's, she's coming prob- down exactly. Probably four hours, you know, post drink, and uh, now she's uh, wearing it down. The, the twelve loco seems fitting. Yeah, I think so. We're gonna go with twelve loco on this one. All right, today we're here with Tammy from Pearl Street Brewing Company. How you doing, Tammy? Hey, how's it going? Everything's good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's a Sunday here. Um, we're just wondering, can we get a little uh, information about Pearl Street Brewing? Yeah, we've uh, we we were born and raised here in uh, 
Lacrosse, Wisconsin, down on Pearl Street in uh, 1999. And uh, we currently reside up on St. Andrew's Street on the north side of Lacrosse. Um, and we've been there since about 2005. Uh, so we're, we're getting ready to celebrate our 22nd birthday. No, yeah, 21st birthday. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's great. And so we we're going to ask you, I know we, we love the Linalool IPA. It's one of my favorites. I, I, I recommend it to everyone who comes to our state for the best IPA in Wisconsin. It's definitely a contender. Oh, thank you. It's, it's amazing beer. It's just really well crafted. I love the, the hot variation you guys used. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Linalool is awesome. We're, uh, you know, we were privileged to be able to uh, have the Northern Discovery Hops, which is a wild Wisconsin hops. Um, so we, you know, we're the only producers that have, uh, the authority to use that for the last several years. Um, and that hops is just really unique and it really gives that, uh, beer awesome, like lilac pear, um, really great hop notes. Yeah. We were actually, we just did a taste review of that. And that's the one thing Eric said, it reminded him of lilac. Yeah. But yeah, so we were going to ask you, do you have any new beers coming out or anything upcoming you, we need to take a look out? seasonal stuff all the time so we're getting ready to release our gozacopia which is a sour ale uh we will get our cranberries fresh from um uh i'm sorry i'm blanking right now aren't family farms up in nakusa um so that's a really cool um you know cornucopia of beer we put uh mango guava and cranberry in it uh so that's a really cool sour and we do like a quarterly sour all the time so um after that we'll have uh our sour uh winter ale which has got uh, bergamot orange and spruce tips in it and it's really fantastic so i really like our sour beers um we just got a canning line so we've been kind of uh, migrating a lot of our stuff over to that so the linalool just came out in either 12 or 16 ounce cans and this summer we released uh, a hazy ipa called supreme fatty and then a vanilla orange version of that as well so that's been really fun to uh get out into the market um and then we're just going to take a look at our schedule this is usually when we get into our planning for uh 2021 and see what fun things that we want to do coming up i think we're going to have our bedwetter barley wine making its appearance again uh we haven't had it out for two years so that's going to be pretty fun i love the name Ooh, i do like that name and, <laughs> and it also sounds well, great probably named by experience <laughs> yeah I, I have no experience over here definitely never <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's a big beer it's 11 11.5 i think it holy too, smokes so it's boozy it sounds good. Um, that sounds like I could definitely wet the bed with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> so we're going to ask you to, I know with uh, COVID, things have been really weird for a lot of places, um, but are you guys offering any events that people need to come and check out? Um, well, we just actually did our last outdoor event, but we were able to sort of utilize our parking lot for some drive-in events. So, you know, COVID conscious, uh, all the safety requirements, but we did a few concerts out there. Um, and this Friday, we just did a movie night. Um, there is a slim chance we might try to turn around one more movie night uh, for November. I had uh, someone contact me and kind of wanted to turn something around. Other than that, we're going to kind of skate through the rest of the year and lay low um, and really see what's to come. But really hope that some somewhere normalcy is coming up in our future and, and really trying to plan once we can kind of find out um you know what's in the future so yeah i think we're all kind of waiting for that moment to happen honestly right 
But uh, we we really can't wait to get up there and uh, come visit you. And oh, uh, maybe I'm gonna try some bedwetter when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I uh, don't know exactly. We we might uh, try to get that out in February for our anniversary. So. All right. You better believe I'll purchase some bedwetter. <laughs> yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously we, uh, I was just talking to Eric about how I, you know, for work, I work as an engineer, so I travel a lot, but the one beer I always put in my six pack is the uh, Linalool IPA. Like everybody needs to try that beer. It's just amazing. Yeah. I, I highly recommend anyone check that one out. Well, thank you. It's, it's just such well-crafted. It's so unique. It's like a flavor you don't get in a lot of IPAs or pale ales and we, we love it. Yeah. Uh, it's it ranks as one of my favorite as well. So yep, thank you. Yeah. So before we let you go, we always ask our guests um, what how Wisconsin you are, and we have about ten questions to ask you regarding things that a Wisconsinite may have to face and deal with. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. All right. So we have a question. Have you ever eaten a squeaky cheese curd? Uh, heck yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, pretty. Did today end in why? Because yes, I had a squeaky cheese curd. As often as possible. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? I have tailgated many times at Packer games. Okay, very good. Field. That's that's one of the best there is. That's one of the greatest experiences we can have as uh, humans. It is always a good time. <laughs> I agree. So, have you ever hit a deer? I have not ever hit a deer. You are one of the luckiest people. Lucky charm right there. <laughs> I know. It's really weird, but I have not. I've gone through all of, I used to have, you know, work up in north central Wisconsin, and I always thought it would happen. I did hit a fox once. It was really devastating, but I've never hit a deer. Yeah, they, a, foxes are cute, but, I mean, they run across the road just like everybody else. <laughs> That's what my grandma said. It was really heartless and weird of her. Since she was like, <laughs> so I got to ask this one. Have you ever seen a brown bear? Have I ever seen a brown bear? Nope. Just black bears. Just black bears. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Actually in Northern Wisconsin, I've seen a black bear. Um, I've never seen a brown bear. I know they were saying that they're coming back to Wisconsin, which is really weird. Sure. Have not seen one in Wisconsin or anywhere else in person. I was going to say it's a really rarity, so I was just going to ask that. Um, have you ever had a true muddled old-fashioned? I have. Many of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same here. Uh, do you prefer yours uh, sweet or sour? Uh, I'm a sweet girl, but once in a while I mix it up with a sour. Yeah. I, I don't mind either one, as long as, wow. it's, a, as, long as it's a brandy old-fashioned. I'm not a huge fan of the whiskey old-fashioned. I like the brandy myself. Brandy is best, and I also yes. sometimes will just order it uh, sweet sour. Oh, just a mix I've between never the two. Done I that. yeah, it's honestly it's a pretty good idea. I'm a fan of the you know supper club, so uh, when you go there, you pretty much have to have an old fashioned. Oh, I agree. That's a little bit of foreshadowing because I think we might have a question about it. We have a question coming oh, up. Sure. Here. Okay. <laughs> have you ever milked a cow? I have. <laughs> have you done it yeah. by hand? Yes. Oh wow, that's awesome! I, that's double that's points for you. Yeah, <laughs> I have never, I have never milked a cow by hand. I have used the new age parlor milkers, but never by hand. Oh, I've never used the fancy machinery. No. Yeah. So no. what? Do you, so this question is a highly debated topic. But uh, what do you consider as up north? What do I consider as up north? 
Well, sh- shucks. I, I guess if you get anywhere north of Eau Claire, you start to be up north. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that. to me, that's that's it. I mean, I, I honestly was a little bit more forgiving, and I was saying that anything north of the Dells, but I, uh, I have since been nearly run into uh, Illinois <laughs> about that because people hate me, so... <laughs> yeah, I always say uh, north of Wausau seems to be my go-to answer. Anything north of Wausau, even Eau Claire, too. I mean, when you get to Chippewa Falls and all what, that. Once you get to Chippewa north. Falls and Eau Claire area, sure. That's north. Well, yeah, because I, I live on the west side of the state over here. So, like, once you pass Eau Claire, the tree lines start to get a little more sprucey, and you're up north. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, agree. Things get a lot prettier. So, so as my co-host mentioned, the uh, foreshadowing, uh, have you been to a supper club and do you have a favorite? Oh, I have been to many uh, supper clubs. It's so hard to, you know, say. I really like Sullivan Supper Club out here. Um, you know, some, some traditionally I would call supper club. They might not consider themselves a supper club, so it's kind of like hard to say in that terms but um there's a lot of great supper clubs all over wisconsin so yeah that that's true that's true okay so the next question for beer brats is there a pearl street brewing uh or beer that you recommend using for uh brats well i will say that i know that a lot of people use our downtown brown for their brats i was always a fan of using our bavarian hefeweizen our el jefe but this summer, I cooked some in linalool, and they were freaking the best brats I've ever had. So there you go. Now my new go-to is linalool. Yeah, linalool is such a good beer. I I always <laughs> tell everyone you gotta have it. It's just so good. And it's and I know it can be tough to part with a good beer like that to to boil it in in some uh, brat, but. I'll tell you what, it definitely makes the uh, the the flavor of uh, things go up. I mean, it's great. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, boil it in a light beer, that's what you get. But if you take, you pick like a really great flavorful beer, and those go in and simmer into your brats, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, we've definitely noticed. <laughs> All right, so Tammy, I got one more question before we let you go today, and we really appreciate your time. Um, besides Pearl Street, do you have another brewery you recommend we need to go and check out? Oh my, like around here? Or yeah, like even in, in just. Any, anywhere you can go outside of Wisconsin yeah, if you really if you if you want to. Um, you know, I I love. I mean, whenever we go to another area, we you know we're like, what's the brewery around here? I mean, obviously, shout out to uh, Turtles Deck six six oh eight and Skeleton Brew Crew here in um, in our town. Uh, they're all fantastic, and I always say if you're going to come visit visit all of the breweries here because they're great. Um, I love going to Lakefront Brewery because their tour is just fantastic, and I never get sick of it. So out in Milwaukee, I love the Lakefront tour, and they have freaking awesome cheese curds over there. Um, um, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I sit on the board of directors for the Wisconsin Brewers Guild, so I call all these fr- friends and colleagues. Um, I don't think there's, like, huge competitive bones when when we all get together. So if I'm in the hood, I try to go look up um, my friends and go stop in and see them. Um, but outside, you know, I just – breweries just do it up. They have great personality. They're always so warm and welcoming. Um, it's just hard to, like, just shout out, you know – my favorites because I just love going to them all. I like going down to Top Lang. I love going, you know, even when we go into the cities. Uh, I like Dangerous Man. That's a really cool brewery out, over there. Um, 
So it's just wherever you go, find a brewery and go chill out in their tap rooms because they need your help. <laughs> yeah, honestly, we agree a hundred percent. Every day of the week, we would say I'd rather go enjoy a beer at the tap room or a tasting room at a brewery more so than I would at just like a a normal local watering hole. Uh, and, and again, you know the the lakefront, the, the tour is absolutely phenomenal. Like you said, it never gets old. Never ever gets old. I love going there. I love going to Milwaukee, and there's like a hundred thousand breweries there now. And it's yeah, like, everywhere you turn, you're like, oh my god, I didn't know that that was there. And so it's so much uh, adventuring and exploring. And I, I don't think you even have enough time to discover everybody. So that's what's really awesome for like traveling and finding new favorites. Yeah, absolutely, Tammy. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we love Pearl Street. You're always you're always our number like one of our top breweries in the state. So we uh, we're we're really privileged to have you on. Well, thank you. I'm uh, excited to hear the podcast. I'm gonna check it out. Uh, put set it in my favorites, and of course, if you ever get over here, please contact me, and uh, we'll sit down and have beer together. I was just gonna say we cannot wait to get there and and talk beer. We're gonna talk your ear off for sure. That's you know that's a, a must. But we'll also enjoy some uh, some fine crafted beers well fantastic you guys have a a great game and go pack huh all right go Go pack pack. all right cheers all right cheers bye Bye. all right that concludes this episode of wisconsin drunken history podcast if you enjoyed this vulgar display of wisconsin we recommend you subscribe via soundcloud apple podcast google play spotify stitcher and tune in Also, leave us a review on any one of those above-mentioned sites, and we can read one at the end of every show. Follow us on social media, and feel free to reach out, especially if there is a piece of history or weird news you'd love us to share or research, as well as highlight some local artists or music. Our website is projectcapestudio.com. I'd also like to thank my friend and past co-worker, Steph Skibak, for providing us with awesome podcast cover art as well as the Dangits for intro and outro music, and all of you for listening. As always, watch watch out for deer deer on the way way home. home.